0: Where do you go for comics new and old? Uh, garage sales? Wrong! Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? Uh, In magazines, mostly. Wrong again! And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Well, there are lots of different options if you're looking for something... (laughs) So incredibly wrong! Wizard World Comic Con wizard world comic-con offers live entertainment and gaming comics new and old cosplay toys and memorabilia And a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. Meet Doctor Who star David Tennant and Lord of the Rings star Elijah Wood June 1st through the 3rd in Des Moines, Iowa. Then meet Aquaman Jason Momoa and Luke Cage's Mike Coulter June 8th through the 10th in Columbus, Ohio. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code Candare at checkout. <laughs> to get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? The, the internet? Oh, good the, answer. Really? No! Wizard World Comic Con. Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory!
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about their comic part-time night in the Toronto Comics Anthology, we welcome Sean Daly and Aaron Feldman. Thanks for being with us today, guys.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us on. Hello. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Hello. We're going to have a good show this week uh, in our retro roundtable. We're going to be looking at, and Jake, I think this was your idea, was it? Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about
3: um, coolest and most interesting sci-fi and fantasy races. We're talking alien species, elves, dwarves, Na'vi, whatever the hell. If there's a setting that's created its own culture, its own its own intelligent race, that's what we're talking about. I'm
1: excited. This yeah. was an exciting topic, and it was difficult. Like, I thought, oh, that'll be easy. When I sat down to write stuff down, like, oh, shit. Man. Yeah. I've only really got three things here, so I, I hope we, uh, the rest of us have oh, we'll, some stuff we'll, to bring to the table. I think it'll be fine. Perfect. I
4: think he mentioned everyone that I had. Elves, dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: And retro you. <laughs> <laughs> then in the comic vault, uh, what are we going to talk about, guys? What do you got?
3: I'm talking about a funny little webcomic called Extra Fabulous Comics. Extra Fabulous comedy. This is something that's been making me laugh for a long while now, and uh, I'm not sure why it took me this long to bring it to the table, so well, I'm excited to talk about it.
4: Cool. We're waiting until it was an Extra Fabulous extra Time. Fabulous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's a pretty fabulous evening, so... Uh, I couldn't agree more. There we go, there we go. One of the uh, books we'll be talking about there. Then we're going to turn our full attention over to Sean and Aaron and talk about Part-Time Night. But before we do that,
3: Jake... You guys should probably head on down to Twitter and follow us at Pod. uh Find all the funny jokes and interesting things I post for you there for your education and your entertainment. Really, I'm just trying to enrich you as a human being. Uh, and then when you're done there, head to Instagram, where we are at canned underscore air, doing much the same thing, but a little more picture-centric. And if you like what we do, don't forget we are on Patreon, so toss a couple of bucks a month our way. If you reach that $5 mark or more, you have access to the Founders Club Patreon exclusive podcast.
1: And to tack on to that, uh, we're going to be mon- uh, excuse me, changing the reward tiers a little oh, bit yes, and yeah. adding some new ones where you can actually get merch, uh, like T-shirts... Mm-hmm decals. I think that's probably about it. Maybe we can throw a mug or some, yeah, we'll something something in there somehow. But uh yeah. that all depends on you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not just getting a, like a, an unscripted hour show every <laughs> month for your contribution. You actually get you're to
3: also getting a shirt.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I can, can wear
3: it. I agree. On. Yeah.
1: Come on. All right. Well with that behind us let's just kick it off with this week's retro round table.
5: <laughs> I am <a> the <laughs> black <laughs> that's like.
1: All right, favorite fictional, fantasy and sci-fi races. Jake, kick us off.
3: Ooh, all right. I'm gonna have to go with something that's. Look, this isn't like a super inspired choice. I just think it's something we can all get behind as like cool in whatever setting you find them. Orcs.
1: Definitely cool. In the Lord of the Rings, they were disgusting. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. And like, that's the when thing. When they you, came out of those, like, birthing sacks or <laughs> yeah, whatever, it was horrible.
3: Horrible. <laughs> And you see such a wide range of representations depending on settings. You know, fantasy, even some sci-fi settings have orcs where there's some weird space-faring species. And I think it's cool that ever since Tolkien kind of brought them into the, the common... He introduced them to... I think he's definitely the, the person who brought them into the... Yeah, yeah, into common knowledge. They've been... Like taken in as this universally accepted antagonist race, everybody's at war with the orcs, and the orcs are at war with everybody. Mm-hmm. And you see so many cool designs. You get your Lord of the Rings style orcs, who, like you said, are disgusting, almost mutated people. You know, they've got that very degenerate look to them—the mottled skin and the sharp, dirty teeth and all of that—and they really play up that that you know lowest common denominator angle. These are scavengers and raiders. Other settings are the big, you know, hulking. you got, like, your Warcraft orcs. They're, like, eight feet tall and seven feet wide. You know, their biceps bigger than their head. And they've got that, you know, that, ooh, honorable warrior, proud race thing going. And then you've got—I've seen some some of my favorites where their interpretation is, like, orcs as pig people. They've got the <laughs> snouts and the tusks. Yeah,
1: yeah, you see it all over the place. Didn't the, the uh, at least in the Warcraft movie, they had tusks, didn't they?
3: Yep. They did, yeah, and, and every now and Most orcs have then, tusks. That's that's sort of a common thing. Yeah. Is yeah. it? I, I'm not... But you're
5: thinking, like, uh, the kind of like the yeah, Maleficent's little henchmen in, like, Sleeping Beauty, where they look like pig people or, like, moblins from Zelda? Yeah, kinda. yeah, I'd say moblins mm,
3: yeah. definitely okay. in that same vein, and yeah. then you'll see games going way back. There was... Old weird games, something like you know, I played a game called Warlords Battlecry. You know, super generic <laughs> title, but they had very poor sign orcs. You know, and some people roll with that, and I always thought that was cool. It's it's interesting because you can take it in a lot of directions. But when right. you hear orc, everyone goes like, "Oh, he's an asshole." You know, you can kind of assume <laughs> this is a brutal, warlike creature and is probably the enemy. So I sure. think they're cool in that you know what they're about right off the bat. That name carries weight.
4: Did you yeah. see that movie Bright. On I Netflix. did. Yeah, their portrayal of orcs was pretty. I thought cool. that was really. Was
1: well, that the one with uh, Will Smith yep. and yep. like he's a like he's a cop within an yep. orc or something like that? Yeah,
4: like fantasy is real. Pretty much all the yep. fantasy creatures. I think cool.
3: the movie had a lot of cool things going for it, setting wise. <coughs> when I first saw it, I thought for sure, like, oh, this is just Shadowrun, right? But it's like, yeah. not even affiliated. <laughs> I saw it, and I was like, oh my, they made a Shadowrun movie, but it's it's just like. It is to shadow run what GoBots are to Transformers. Yeah, really? It's just like kind of... A, but yeah, no, it was cool. They just tried to do way too much. Yeah, if for they a movie. Cut I thought it was about, be a
4: series, but Yeah, four-fifths of the
3: plot lines, it would have been a great mm-hmm. movie. Which movie is this? in Bright. Bright. Oh, I thought that was a series. It's a, no, yeah, it was It's just a movie. A, it, it should have been a series. Yeah. It, it felt like, like it was written to be a series, yeah, but it was just a super dense movie that had I wondered much. why Will
4: Smith was in a series yeah,
5: like this. Yeah. I was like,
4: that seems odd. Okay.
3: They're supposed to
5: be making a
4: sequel to it. I guess it did hmm. well enough, so. Really?
5: Yeah. I think it got critically panned, but is one of the most successful, uh, or got audiences loved it, though. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you won't yeah.
3: find a, a professional person singing its praises, but it's a very watchable movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. It's at least... Thought-provoking the way they handle i yeah, fantasy like they tropes. Did it, yeah. yeah, I'll check it out. <coughs> you should I mean you know don't clear your schedule for it <laughs> if you got some free time. I don't
1: clear my schedule for many movies, but fair enough. Well, uh, what about uh, Sean or Aaron? Who would like to go next? Favorite fictional sci-fi or fantasy race?
5: Uh, well, I could uh, go. With the favorites a pretty tall order. Uh, you know, there's so many that I like. Um, sure, but uh, you know, so. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played a lot of Mass Effect uh, or not. Um, One thing that they did that I haven't seen in a long time is create a sci-fi world that felt pretty much as immersive and inventive as, for me, I haven't seen since Star Wars. And um, all of their races had very distinct cultures and personalities and and even biological um, uh, traits like there's a the group that uh you know they communicate through very subtle smells and scents oh, so that when yeah. they have to yeah i think the, the elcor, elcor and when they yeah, they come people, from like
3: a high gravity planet so like motion's really taxing
5: so Which yeah and so when they talk Big they talk to looking. people they have to yeah they're elephant looking and they have to sort of say what they're Because they they don't have subtlety in their voices, it's all in their smells, so they have to say, like, sarcastically, I think you did a great job, or, you know, um, or, you know, I'm exasperated now, um, (laughs) as you do. So I thought that was really cool. But just, like, pretty much every race that they created, at least in the first three games, I was uh, really impressed by. I thought so, so, I don't know if...
3: Yeah. And the interplay between the races was really interesting as well, you know? and and, and, Oh, yeah. I think a setting like that is only as good as the things it implies. You know, as soon as things mm-hmm. start getting really spelled out, but they kind of feed you little bits of information. I, my, one of my favorite things about it was always the whole uh Solarian Krogan dynamic. Yeah you've got, I got love this. The yeah, page, yeah this really yeah. I guess kind of orc like species mm-hmm. in that they're they're purely mm-hmm. warlike. Their whole culture is combative. And then you've got this short lived but brilliant scientist species that Genetically cuts them off, develops hmm. a weapon that stops them from reproducing oh, altogether. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and the political implications of that just like ripple through all these games. It, it, it was just such a cool concept, you know. It's one of those
4: that's things. That's
1: the mass effect, right? <laughs> wow, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> look at this
4: guy. out oh, of nowhere. And the whole thing about all the alien races looking down on humans because they're the yeah, baby the, races. The They've never yeah. been around. They just showed up. Oh, I see. I always think of that
3: line where they're talking about the Solarians who you're almost like your classically alien-looking guys, mm-hmm. kind of like the grays, big eyes, weird heads, thin fingers, and and they burn out at, like, mm-hmm. what, 40, 45 years old? Yeah, they've they got, know. like, a really high metabolism. And everyone's always talking about, oh, the humans want this concession and this privilege, and they're like, look, the Solarians live maybe half as long as you do, and they've waited 2,000 years for the shit you're asking for right now. <laughs> you know, there's always that whole thing where yeah. every human race in a setting is, they're the people making demands, you right. know? Did you say elephant people? They they look kind of elephant-like, because they walk yeah. on all fours. They so it's got not like the elephant man. <laughs> <laughs> Were
4: well, they kind of like monotone when they talk. Yeah. to They really couldn't portray like Confused any kind of... alarm. They yeah. are under attack. You know, <laughs> thing, like, <laughs> they've got a... <laughs>
1: I forgot about them. Oh, they're the best. What about you, Sean?
2: Uh, I... My favorite race, one of them at least, is probably the exact opposite of that. And that there's really no substance to them at all. It's, uh, Kowakian monkey lizards from Star Wars. Like Salacious Crumb uh, and Jabba's Barge.
5: Oh, just like yeah. This, the the little guy,
2: The cackling weasels. <laughs> yeah. That's the one, yeah. There's really no, like, socio-political implications to their race. They're just, they're literally there to laugh at. They're just...
1: Uh, <laughs> I would love to see, like, a, of a Nova special, one of those things, hunting <laughs> for its prey.
3: It would be yeah. humorous.
2: Exactly. Anything that they do is just inherently funny. It'd be two uh,
3: hours of watching them starve because they can't stop giggling <laughs> long enough to catch something.
4: Right. The next exactly, Star Wars movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's no no subtlety at all. So, uh, which is probably why I like them so much. They're just funny to look at and funny to listen to. There's so yeah, no substance whatsoever.
1: You remind me of a, uh, or wait, rather, the your offering to the to the roundtable reminds me of a uh, book I read not too long ago. It was. I had to get the taste of uh, episode eight out of my mouth, <laughs> yeah. but I was still in the Star Wars mood. So I was like, "Well, maybe there's a new book out or something that that's pretty cool." And I found—I can't remember what it is. I think it's just called "The Legends of Luke Skywalker." And what the book was was—it uh, starts with a bunch like those Canto Bike kids on a shuttle, yeah, yeah. like heading back to the planet. And as they're traveling, they're all telling different Luke Skywalker stories. Huh. And one of them—it <laughs> was so. Fucking ridiculous. Was about a a louse, like a parasitic, like louse-sized being that is, you know, smart like a uh, like a human would be. Sure, living mm-hmm. on this. What was it, Salacious Crumb? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> and in that scene in Jedi, right before Luke gets dropped down to the rain what this book says happens is that this louse jumps onto Leia and starts communicating with her
5: like, oh, saying okay.
1: hey can i live on you you go you're you take care of your hair other than this stupid thing over here <laughs> i know and then and then somehow it ends up on Luke's head and like fucking ratatouille or some shit like pulling <laughs> luke's hair is supposed to have guided him through that raincore battle At which point Luke's like, "Oh yeah, it was the Force. It was the Force." That like (laughs) cheapens the whole.
0: I know
3: it was so fucking stupid. Didn't even
5: earn it. So, so I have a question that shouldn't matter, but it's the kind of thing that I care about. Is this like a canon book or? It is a canon
4: book. Yes. Oh God, for real? Yes. Yes. Look it up. So the whole Force is this lice-sized. Can we make a group a of, of beings, beings that people? are... Now,
1: mind you, the yeah. book is comprised of a bunch of kids' stories, so that wasn't the whole book. Oh, it was I just, see. Yeah. like, a story in the book. But there, there were a lot of other stories that were really good. Um <laughs> One of which, like, he, Luke, and some girl, I don't remember who she was, they were flying through space, and Saw some blinking light, and they kept following it, and couldn't explain what it was. And turns out, it's kind of like one of those deep sea fish that has the light hanging right. in front of them. Mm-hmm. They were being lured into the mouth of some big like space creature.
3: It was pretty neat. You know, as soon cool. as you said that, I had this thought like, oh my god,
4: is it a UFO? Like <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <It's>
3: something.
1: <about laughs>
4: <coughs> so it's like a bunch of stories told by kids that heard it through a telephone yeah. game. That's type a great game. concept. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and like I said, most of them are cool. A few of them, that one in particular being the <laughs> a worst. super louse, yeah. probably
3: near the bottom. I just
1: thought, how do you expect me to swallow this shit? Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I've seen Return of the Jedi since, and doesn't sit well. Doesn't sit well when you see that
4: scene. <laughs> <laughs> sit there all pissed off, like, yeah.
1: God
0: <laughs> damn so wild parasitis. on there making Luke do all this bullshit. <laughs> it was the Force, goddammit. it.
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry, went off on a tangent there. I Let's don't. get to Jack. What's your selection? You guys ever watch uh,
5: Farscape? No, no, no. Uh, I've in, seen a bit at the beginning. In
4: it, there's a, the ship that they fly on. That they, the the whole group in the show they stole is called the Leviathan, and it's a a biomechanical ship. That can only be flying, flown by this race. I don't even know what they were called other than pilots. That they actually... They're bred and then they infuse theirself into the ship. And they can huh. only pilot it. And they talk... Like, the, the ship has feelings and stuff. And it'll talk to him and he can translate it to the, the rest of the crew. Hmm. But it was one of the... It's a Jim Henson thing, for one. So that makes it oh, all cool. the difference. I
1: see. So it's, but, it's a practical, like, puppet...
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He He's big right. forearms. He was. You'd always see him, and you never knew how big he was until you saw him next to the rest of the crew, and he was actually a pretty big guy, but he was the coolest-looking character in the world. What was his name? Pilot. That's, pilot. That's Just all he pilot. went by, his pilot, yeah. <laughs> and if they ever got taken away, like separated from the ship, they would both ship in, the pilot would die. So it's like <laughs> being named Jeeves, like you know what that <laughs> yeah, child's going to yeah. grow up to be. Uh, you know? uh, guess that kind of settles <laughs> it. You only that. ever saw one in the whole series. I think that was. Maybe the last ship, I don't know. But it was pretty awesome. The whole series was awesome. I've heard good things about it. Mm -hmm. Right on. Cool.
3: Back to Jakey here. You know, I'm not a huge Star Trek guy. I, I definitely appreciate it, but I never got really deep into it. I never became a Trekkie or anything. But I always liked at least the idea behind the Klingons. I think it goes back to that warlike race thing. I know, I already talked about fucking orcs. And I'm, you know.
4: They're the same thing. There's the Star Trek. <laughs> Shut up, orcs.
3: There's just orcs in space, go But there are things they talk about with the Klingons that I think are fantastic. I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm pulling this out of nowhere and my brain is like Cartman fabricated it, but... Yeah, I
1: think I, I, so. I, Next? <laughs> I
3: thought I remembered saying Klingons have, like, redundant organs. So, like, if they're catastrophically damaged in a fight, they have, like, at least enough strength left to get to somewhere to find medical attention. If their first heart burns out, they've got, like, a little backup, you know? Oh, no, man. Just to keep
4: them going. To keep yeah, them yeah, yeah.
3: Like, that. they're that belligerent and bred for conflict that even their body is like, all right, this at one point, all of this is going to be really fucked up. So <coughs> this. That is a good point. Yeah. That is a good point. And I love the idea of something that's been... A
1: culture so... In war, yeah, like, so it, yeah. like intertwined with war that, that it's their it's bio, no bio, exactly. biological makeup.
3: It's no uh, longer it's, this thing that just happens. Yeah. Like sometimes humans go to war. All right, a lot of the time humans go to war. For them, war is like you know it, there's right. there's no state without it. So I, I always thought that was cool. You know, I, the the natural selection behind it. You know, sure,
1: sure. I just realized I totally forgot my turn. I was going to say you, you never went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, let me see here. I have a a race that I absolutely despise. Oh. Can I bring to that to the table? Can sure. I get racist for a minute?
3: Yeah, please do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've always said that if I could live in a fictional place, I'd want to live in the mushroom kingdom. Oh, yeah. But what comes with the mushroom kingdom are those little toad people.
3: Oh mm-hmm. yeah. You gotta hear oh, the voices. Oh god,
1: they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard him like make words like just talk.
3: Just chaos.
1: And as much as I'd want to live in that world, I think I would still be antisocial. Yeah, I'd still, I'd still lock myself away because I'd still hate people. You'd be Bowser,
4: right?
3: You'd I'd try to exterminate the
4: Toad race. <laughs> Do you uh, like mushrooms? What's that? Do,
3: Do you like, like mushrooms? Nah,
4: just on pizza. That might be part of it. Yeah. But
1: Mario, <laughs> is Italian. He could hook me up with some pizza. You That's know? true. Yeah.
3: It all works. This is a very well thought out plan. I can
1: see myself on day two, day three in the Mushroom Kingdom, like trying to fill out a job application at (laughs) Bowser's Castle. Like, I don't know what I could do. Do you need
3: someone to mop the floor or refill the (laughs) lava fountains? I don't know. (laughs) There
1: it is. I can put this bridge back up every time Mario knocks (laughs) it down.
5: (laughs) Would it be you, uh, sort of? taking the toad people and putting them in bricks for people to find as power ups or there
4: you go Or <laughs> yeah. slicing them up to put them on your pizza perfect oh i don't want to i don't want to eat them no <laughs> you can be the
3: guy who stands by with a towel whenever Bowser falls in the lava
1: i imagine like, hey, that go, one of those things would taste like pork they look yeah. like they'd have a pork Get taste a
3: on. porky kind of like too salty and a little chewy yeah. like bad <laughs> pork
1: yeah like they've just been eating shit their whole life god <laughs>
3: Fuck Toad. <laughs> Toad's a fish animal. Bastard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Let's see, where are we at? Let's get back over to Sean. What do you got?
2: Uh, for, like, worst races?
1: No, you just favorite, worst, whatever you got.
2: Uh, well, we went over a... Uh the salacious crumb race from Star Wars uh, the monkey lizards but I'll throw out uh, a worst favorite race I guess Uh, I don't know if anyone's a Dragon Ball fan at all like I
4: I don't know Dragon Ball I like me some Dragon Ball I was aware of it back in the day never really followed it or anything
2: yeah it was pretty good I I mostly read like all of the uh, Akira Toriyama books like all the manga and stuff but uh, they have a race in there that's just every character is basically superman uh where and i mean you know one superman is awesome but having a race of invincible characters kind of it's a little tedious you know there's only so much you can do uh with that you know it's it's just not fun uh but yeah i'd have to say the saiyans from dragon ball just uh boring overpowered uh no substance i guess
4: all they have to do Is train to get A little bit stronger <laughs> Yeah
2: That's it Yeah exactly If the story if they, weak, it, they
4: gotta like... eat a bean And they get their power back <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: That's it Yeah That's it's, absolutely it
1: Funny I've read that Over the years You know with Superman You know back in the day In, in his OG days The dude was tough Like he could Push a planet You know off his yeah. axis mm-hmm. And like the writers Over the year Have progressively Had to make him Weaker And we weaker, have weaker have Because we how can you Write back. for a character Like that Yeah you know?
3: It's like there was some Superman video game, it wasn't Superman 64, it was a different one, it was like for PlayStation or something, where I thought it was an interesting concept that kind of illustrated the problem with Superman, and also sounds like it would make for a fucking miserable game, but you're playing as Superman, and you don't have like a health bar or anything, you don't take damage. The city of Metropolis has a health bar.
4: Oh so, yeah, you know, that You've makes so be, much more sense.
3: See, to do that, that makes way. perfect yeah. sense to me. And I, every time I think about it, I get locked in this thing like that was. Oh, what a cool concept! Like I would rather fucking die than try and play that game. <laughs> was that the
1: Superman yeah. Returns like movie game? It must game? have been. Because yeah, I think I so. Played the shit out of that yeah. game, and I think I remember that. Like you would see like a uh, on your map, you'd see a blip, and like yeah, you see yeah. your health bar start to go You're down. You just kind
3: of. Like, putting out fires around yes, the city, yes, you know. Yes,
1: yes, that was a fun game. Yeah, it was. I liked it. I've never played
3: it. I just always assumed I wouldn't because I, I, man,
1: I had I downloaded free- the demo, which was pretty much like gives you free fly around Metropolis, and then you get to fight a bad guy, and then that's the end of the demo. But I mean, just you could like go at like supersonic speeds and just <laughs> flying around and like seeing how close you could get to the ground and shit. I mean, that was fun. And yeah, I'm itself. sure, yeah. But once that got bored, I was like, all right, I got to go buy yeah, this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, the story, the, the game itself wasn't too bad. The mechanics were kind of tough on it. But anyway, not talking about Superman game mechanics, <laughs> are we? Uh, let's get over to Aaron. Uh, what, what's your next pick?
5: Um, well, we've been talking about Star Wars a lot. So, um, you know, I uh, I'm a big fan of sort of evil races. I know you've mentioned orcs already. I like... You know, like when there's something like Harry Potter, I'm always intrigued by like Slytherin, which is just like the house of assholes right. and stuff. So, where I guess if you're born into this race, you already have um, kind of your work cut out for you, Kind of predisposed um, to being a dick. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know. There's like the Trandoshans, which was like uh, the bounty hunter Bosque yes. and stuff. They're just they're just def- they're just basically a race of like people who hunt other aliens and then not like in a cool bounty hunter way but like as like a kind of lame poacher way like they just like killing Wookiees for fur and that's their whole like religion is basically the hunt yeah
3: yeah, is that the, exactly
1: the upright lizard looking guy the, yeah 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 I yeah, totally yeah.
3: endorse killing Wookiees though for whatever reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: not Wookiees well, they make, good, they make good pelts so yeah that makes sense so uh, I'm a big fan of those I think in like Clone Wars there was a few episodes where you know like Jedis would be hunted down by these guys and um they're they're very like reptilian and you know they they really uh, lean on their asses when they talk. But uh, yeah, I, I was a, I was even when I was a kid, I was a big fan of their design. I thought they looked really cool. And um, the more I learned about them, and the more evil I found them to be, the more intrigued I was. So big fan of those. And I guess the other slaver race, the Zygarians. I don't know if you are familiar with those guys. They're basically I them. yeah they're in uh, they're in the Clone Wars too, and they're basically. They're almost like ancient Egypt. Like, they just enslaved people, and uh, it's all about slave labor for them. And they live like kings and queens, and um, just, just they're just not nice people. They were in Um, Attack of the Clones, you say? Or no, uh, the Clone Wars, like the the 3D animated. um, Yes, I'm sorry. So they, like, kidnap Obi-Wan for a bit, and they have him work in, like, a slave camp. And, you know, he'll be, like, try and fight back. So, like, okay, well, we won't. Take it out on you, but like every time you resist, we'll just like kill three slaves, and then you know,
1: and then just I break vaguely them. remember this, mm-hmm. yeah. That was such awesome. a good series. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, good. it was great.
4: Yeah. Being all right. The uh, Trandoshans were cool in that Star Wars MMO. One of the one of the classes had a Trandoshan as your sidekick that you could uh, run around with. Cool. Oh, he really. always talked to you about. The hunt and their their god was a goddess or something like that. Like, your sidekick ended up not killing who he was going to, so he thought he was going to be shunned by the goddess or something like that. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool just how their whole
3: nice.
4: life was. Kind of like Predator
3: almost. Yeah. Where it's just the whole culture yeah. is this singular thing. Yep. Kind of like, like the Klingons. The- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. Um, well, you know, talking Star Wars, am I skipping... Or, You're skipping my turn, but that's okay. okay. Go hey. ahead. Please. No, right. please.
4: Fine. He skipped his own turn
3: earlier. So. <laughs> yeah, I go, like ahead. The, go ahead. Uh, Zabrak's come to mind. Zabrax, oh, Zabrax. Like Freshly. Darth Maul. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. This, like, almost classically demonic-looking race that you think, like, oh, yeah, they're evil, right? I mean, like, how do you get around it? And I like that in... In the Clone Wars series, the glimpses you get of the Zabrak Homeworld with, like, the Blood Sisters and all that, yeah. it almost totally stops being sci-fi when you reach that area. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this dark, grim fantasy thing. And I always thought it was so cool the way that series could juggle tones and themes like that without yeah. making it feel disjointed. And you get a lot more
1: of that when you get into that extended universe past the main yeah, movies uh, where you can actually feel that fantasy aspect. Flesh it aspect. out, you know? Or, or you'll get that... Uh, Kind of that medieval yeah. knight feel, you know, it's a
3: very feudal kind of thing going on.
1: I mean, Kylo Ren himself is just oh, such the, the the temperamental. He may as well be valiance. wearing chainmail. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I love that. I know exactly yeah, what yeah. you mean. So yeah, those are one of my favorites. This is very generic, uh, one I have here, but it seems fair enough to mention the uh, just mutants in general. Oh like my god, the X-Men. how totally generic! Yeah, right. I'm just uh, but it's no, all, totally, it's all encompassing. Right. Yeah, and 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 in those comics, those those uh, people or those mutants were scrutinized against. Oh sure, a lot. Come on, they got a lot of shit.
3: Yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> The widest range of traits across any yeah. <laughs> you know, it really you is. get that catch-all term mutant okay. I just thought it was amazing how mutants mutations were almost always beneficial like every now and one you'd get one that looks like ass but he's probably still <laughs> better off than the average
4: person yeah, you'd shoot fireworks out of your hands yeah like didn't serve any purpose
3: it looked cool
1: right? yeah it's <laughs> did it though. Now. No. <laughs> 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 Watch this. She's useful one day of the fucking year. Yeah. And you to, you
3: to <laughs> Today's your day, Jubilee. <laughs> My day for it like Christmas.
1: <coughs> okay, I'll 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 spice it up then the mutants oh, being it's too spicy. Too lazy of a pick. No, let's right. do the uh, tree people in Lord of the Rings. Oh, hell yeah. They were amazing. Mm-hmm. When they took down uh, Sauron, was it that?
3: Saruman's Saruman's army. Yeah, yeah, army in
1: that tower. Yeah.
3: That you know, just cool. sweeping along the ground just and not. Taking nine. big rocks and bowling them yeah, along. Yeah, the they <laughs> were so
1: cool. I loved
3: them. I love that there's a bit where you see a bunch of orcs at their feet, just like hacking at them with axes, and he just kicks them. Yeah. Know, it's mm-hmm. like this isn't a thing that feels pain. But, you ever tried to cut down a tree? takes
4: a little while yeah especially a big round tree that's trying oh, to kill yeah. you
1: back but you you get to uh at least i got to like them really quick and then like in that battle scene you see one
3: get set ablaze yeah like, that was hard to that watch. was yeah. really yeah. hard
1: to watch like oh my god Dude, I, I know
3: exactly how you yeah. i the i was so thrilled because th- they must have known how weirdly <laughs> heart-wrenching that was because right after like they jump around a little when the floodwaters come, you in, see him getting you put You see out. him dunk himself, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, <sighs> oh I forgot about laying. that." <laughs> yeah. So, but I totally know what you mean. The first time I saw that, I was like, "Oh no!" For right. some reason, it I think really the look on his make...
4: face
1: was a pain and yeah, anguish too. So, you yeah. could tell he was hurting. Was I forgot that where he runs into the oncoming wave, yeah,
3: yeah. put himself out. I thought he had perished. No, he's he's golden. He's good. It, well, he's scorched, but trees burn and then they grow back. Whatever, sure.
1: Makes them stronger. Yeah, he'll be all right. I think it, it just it was such an impact or had such gravity because. Um, you know, just being the slow and wise, yeah, deep-talking. Yeah. You, you assume them to be very gentle. Like, kind of noble. Very, yeah, very yeah. much so. Dumb. I mean, very well said, talk. But 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 had they, had they come onto the scene aggressive and everything? If it,
3: they were, yeah. It wouldn't have meant... They were, like, meant. shooting vines out of their hands yeah. and eviscerating people. You'd be like, you know what? You'd we like, need to burn, motherfucker, burn! But no, they were just, like... You know what it is? It's it's the thing that like they're this enclave of semi peaceful creatures, and the war kind of comes to them. Right. You know they're convinced to go out and fight. So when you see them get hurt, you're like, oh, this didn't have to happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for
4: sure. We were just being treated. Yeah. Oh, they they were came totally the content.
1: <laughs> All
4: right. Does anybody have any other offerings for this category? Before I we think move I, on? I got through my favorites. I had one more that we mentioned real quick. What's that? The predators. Oh shit. Oh, we didn't mention that already? Well, Jake had mentioned that. Okay, okay, that yeah. That whole being revolves around... There's a new the trailer heart, movie. Yeah? Yeah, I have to see. I've watched it on my phone. i got to watch the trailer and see if it yeah. actually is piquing my interest. It looks like it might be cool. It's a good director. Was it? Mm-hmm. Shane Black, I think. And no, he did like Iron, Iron Man 2. I don't know if I can. He, he did Iron Man 3. He did Iron Man 3. Yeah, it was Iron Man yeah. 3. Even yeah. worse. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, but have you seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I hate, fucking hate that title, but it's another Robert Downey Jr. movie that he directed.
4: I don't like the name of that. So I don't know. Yeah, if I I can know. That. It,
3: that's what stopped me from <laughs> watching it gonna... for years, but when I did, I was like, oh,
5: fuck, this, this is good. <laughs> Pretty much any action movie that takes place during Christmas, he yes. uh, yes. either wrote or directed, other than Die Hard.
4: But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, if Predator takes place in Christmas, I'm walking out. You
5: <laughs> yeah,
0: know what?
1: <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Didn't the, did the second one have a Christmas theme at all to it with Danny Glover? Predator? No, I don't no. think so. You know, I hadn't
3: even seen the second one.
1: Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, That's it what horrible. I hear. Don't watch it. I won't. A, but yeah, it looks like this isn't a uh, reboot. It looks like they're just using that same name with a whole new story, right? <laughs> <The> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, is it the Predator? Yeah, I thought it was Predator. I think it
3: said the Predator. Okay, I'm sorry, I missed that detail. Coming soon. The aliens. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, one race that I forgot to mention, the Society Sixens. Oh, oh, yeah. Who could forget them? Famed for their impeccable fashion sets.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and their
3: crafting of t-shirts. Known across the galaxy. Canned their t-shirts at that, Jake. Unindustrious An industrious and dexterous people.
4: <laughs> and their home decor, too. Indeed. Yeah.
1: They know how to make... Bathroom mats and curtains. Let me tell you what. Yeah,
3: that was a recent skill they acquired. But boy, pillows they sure and take bath into towels it. and beach towels.
1: And just about now, Aaron and Sean are being like, "What the fuck? Mentally we? Get checking into out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, just what's happening? To is you bars. found yourself in the middle of a commercial?
5: Yeah. Society. Oh, sex. I was. Googling Society6, I was
3: like, i never heard of that. <laughs> can you tell can you tell Every tell listener's favorite thing yeah. is to suddenly stumble into an advertisement.
1: Yeah, yeah society6.com forward slash canned air pod. That's how we keep our numbers high. That Right. That, that's where you can get your very own t-shirt, your very own mug, your decal, all kinds of happy shit on there. Get yourself
3: some canned wear.
1: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Amazing, Jake. Thank amazing. You. That's Once what they call me. <laughs> He's head of marketing.
1: Hey! <laughs> <Yay. laughs> Once more, society6.com forward slash pod. Go over there and get some merch. Or go over to uh, patreon.com where yeah, you can absolutely. also get some merch. A little more expensive, but we'll know you love us that way. Mm-hmm. We'll know you love us. All right. Let's swing open the door <coughs> to the comic
3: vault really quick. Jake, would you like to go first? I sure start? would. Yeah. Mine's Take a little away. shortish. Because, you know, I can't sit here. God damn it. Every time I say that, I'm like, why do you just say that? Just... Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I'm I just hit the just reset button there. on this Mine whole thing. just button. goes there. Go ahead.
3: Uh, all right. So my comic is a little short, but my genitalia are average size. <laughs> um, there we are. Extra fabulous comics. I could sit here and read you 16 different panels from blah, 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 blah. Suffice to say, this is just, it's one of those web comics where the style of the art and the style of the humor come together kind of perfectly for me. Maybe it's just a personal preference deal, but I swear these have never failed to make me laugh, so I'm going to quote you two. One is the most recent. One's probably my favorite. Okay. I'll start with my favorite. Something I've, uh... (laughs) Something that I've thought about, I swear, in one form or another, like every week since I saw it, it just seems to pop into my head. Just a panel of a man hiding in the bushes, watching people pass. And he's got a little internal monologue that says... You can pick your friends, and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose without a gun. And in the last (laughs) panel, he pulls a gun out of his belt and stares fixedly at this dude who's clearly going to be his next victim. What
2: the fuck?
3: And that's the kind of thing you can come to expect from Extra Fabulous Comics. And I'm a little biased, because one time, independent of this podcast, on Twitter I sent a little tweet, I was like, hey, all your stuff is good. And the artist replied, thanks, love you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess you could say it's pretty serious.
1: I'm excited to see how they yeah, respond to absolutely. this absolutely. And the most recent
3: is uh, a fellow sitting <laughs> thinking, man, it's so hard to make friends as an adult. Maybe I should just try going out and talking to people. With a gun. A <laughs> oh, hard cut to the front page of the newspaper. Man stabbed in broad daylight. Quote the assailant, he just started talking to me like some kind of freak. <laughs> <laughs> Extra Fabulous Comics. Check it out uh, on Twitter at Extra Fabulous.
1: Only that would blip on your radar. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check it out, though.
3: Sorry that you're subjected to my humor week after week. No, 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 no. It's just
1: I I would never stumble (laughs) on
3: something like that.
1: When you bring this shit sometimes, I'm like, how does he find these wonderful toys? Oh, well, there was a
3: time when I had more time than friends. Uh, The ratios (laughs) evened out a little.
1: (laughs) But let me tell you, way back when. All right, very good, Jake.
5: Uh, Aaron, Sean, who would like to go next? So uh, there was a comic that I've been, one of my favorite comics that I wanted to... uh, uh talk about i'm not sure like how obscure these, this needs to be or not uh it's not a super obscure comic but i've been thinking about a lot because the deadpool movie just came out and the royal wedding just happened and yeah. the the book that kind of links the two of them in in obscure ways is uh Ecstatics by peter milligan and mike allred um have you guys read that
2: one no
5: no so um really like really really briefly it was uh part of the Marvel Knights line that, uh, you know, Quisada and uh, um, Axel Alonso, I believe. Uh, actually, maybe not Axel, but uh, sort of in the early 2000s when they were sort of reinvigorating the uh, Marvel world. Right. Um, they did a take. They actually uh, canceled X-Force. the So sort of the Rob Liefeld one that everyone knows with Cable and Domino and all those guys. And they reintroduced them with Mike Allred's art, like Mike Allred from Mad Men, Uh, And uh, uh, it was sort of uh, a group that was a reality TV show mutant team um, that had Dupe on it. It uh, had—he's probably the most famous uh, member of it. Uh, It had Dead Girl. Um, It had uh, Zeitgeist, who was a character who just appeared in Deadpool. Um, And it was sort of looking at the idea of superhero as celebrity, which has been done a few times since then. You know, Mark Miller likes to do that all the time. But they— There were some of the first that I had seen that had done it, you know, not including Watchmen. And uh, it was a really cool, surreal um, book that would like constantly kill, like even in the first issue, they kill off pretty much their entire team. And then they have to cast new members for like the following issues. And you usually have people die every uh, issue, but it would just like boost the ratings of this team and it would be great for their uh, kind of their Q rating. and so they got a. Uh, in real life, they became they got uh, a lot of sort of negative publicity because Peter Milligan was going to have Princess Diana come back from the dead as a mutant and join oh, the shit. team. And, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And they had uh, like they had pages. It was like ready to go, and then this huge backlash happened. So they had to really quickly like change her hair, and it, she just became this pop star who had died and come back to to life but they had to really quickly change it and you could even tell like on the early covers and the early art that's kind of Princess Diana's face but just with a different hair. Um it was a really cool uh uh book and one thing that it did that I I really like is it was the I think the this book originally did not get approved by the Comics Code, which was really big at the time. And um so as a result the uh, marvel editorial you know they talked about it and they were like you know what fuck the comics code and this was sort of the the book that was the end of the comics code nice. which was something that wow. you know i i don't like very much like i i kind of hate the comics code i think it ruined comics for decades sure um and so this was sort of this the beginning of a new era of storytelling so that's uh, that's one that uh, i'm a huge fan of it's uh, it was originally x force uh and then they relaunched it as X-Statics, X-S-T-A-T-I-X. Um, and it was a pretty big series for maybe about four or five years. And then eventually they uh, they ended, but you could still see the characters show up every now and then. Um, again, Dupe being the most uh, Dude, prevalent character.
1: Yeah. That's who I'm sitting here the whole time. You Since you mentioned X for, so I was sitting here scratching my yeah. head, like, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Yeah. Dude,
5: yes, yeah. yeah, the little green blobby the, thing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, the green potato, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now, I could be crossing my streams here, but was x, x I thought, wasn't Speedball involved with that team? And then he goofed so, and became Penance? Or I...
5: so he's part of the New Warriors. They had a similar premise. This was a few years later. Of, okay. Again, a reality TV show uh, um, superhero team. And so then they went and tried to stop uh, Nitro, I think, and he blew up a school, and that's what started the civil war. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was, I mean, and that was a series. I think that was uh, I hadn't read it, but it was supposed to be really funny. Maybe not quite as subversive as Ecstatics was, but uh, same idea. So you're not thinking of the right group, but it's it's a very similar premise.
1: Okay. Hmm. This guy knows his shit, doesn't he? And we have a I read a lot of comics. I'm embarrassed. In, <laughs> yeah.
5: I read a lot of comics in 2000s. So you could talk about the Avengers now, and I'd be like, "I they got She Hulk or something on it?" I'm not yeah, sure. Right.
1: <laughs> well, they have what? She Wolverine, She Iron Man, uh, She Thor. <laughs> I, I mean, I think most of like the main uh, the, the She
5: Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've uh, they're kind of rolling back on that, though. Uh, I think they're bringing back a lot of the uh, OG Avengers. But I heard uh,
1: something like that, yeah
5: Yeah, but I'm not yeah, I'm not too up to date on that yet So I gotta catch up
1: Yeah, it was just getting a little carried away with itself there yep. For a while, wasn't it? I mean, they were really trying to pull us away from those characters That we've grown with And yeah. uh, sh- shove us into something new Not that there's nothing, anything wrong with something new But I don't know I'm excited to see the fantastic uh, work I was just guy. gonna
4: say that, yeah mm-hmm. I'm gonna grab some of them mm-hmm.
1: Yeah Alright, very good, very good. Uh, what about Sean? Do you have a comic to talk about?
2: Yeah, uh, so kind of uh, actually talking about Extra Fabulous Comics uh, really reminded me a lot of uh, another webcomic called Perry Bible Fellowship. I don't know if anyone's oh, heard man. of this. Yeah, that's good stuff that's too. Greatest, yeah. uh, if, yeah, if you like Extra Fabulous, this kind of checks off that same <laughs> twisted <laughs> just just awfully amazing sense of humor. Uh, that extra fabulous kind of gives off as well. Um, he, I think the guy who does Perry Bible Fellowship has been doing it for maybe ten years or more. Like, there's such a huge backlog of.
5: I think it's got to be more. I was reading it in university.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. So he, you know, like you could just sit there and read and read and read for hours, and you'd probably just be busting a gut the whole time. His stuff is so good. Yeah, um, but I actually another book that i was just reading was called i kill giants by joe kelly and uh jm kendimura i don't know if anyone's read or heard of this one it's an image book from uh maybe 2010 ish somewhere around there Uh, i i actually don't want to say too much about it without like i would be so like upset if i gave away the amazing reveal that happens in this story Uh, But it is about like a young girl who is dealing with some family problems. You don't know what those family problems are, but she's really involved in uh, Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy worlds and stuff like that. And she's using those to cope with what's happening at home. Uh, It's just a really heartfelt, fantastic read that I think, you know, regardless of what genres you like reading, if it's superhero or drama or crime or whatever, this is definitely worth the time.
4: They made a movie awesome. based off of that. I've seen it on Netflix. Really?
5: Yeah. Yeah, I think it just came out in the last year or two. Yeah. Like it's yeah. recent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
4: I started watching it. It was really kind of hard to get into because I didn't know what I was in for at all. And I ended up stopping about 20 minutes in, but I'm going to have to recheck that out again. Yeah.
2: Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the movie can do the book justice just because the book explores using art some of the really interesting uh, ideas about, uh, like, a kid's imagination, for example. Mm. And it just really is, yeah, it's, it's something else.
3: Sounds really cool. Have you ever yeah. talked about that on the show? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I have. It sounds very familiar. I think a friend of mine suggested it to me.
1: Uh, I, I, it does sound a little familiar. Yeah. But very cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Right on.
5: Yeah. Are you guys Joe, Joe Kelly fans at all? Or, like, any of the books he's written? Like, he's done some Spider-Man, and uh, I think he was a big... He was kind of the guy who made Deadpool funny. Um,
1: no, to be honest, I'm I've not familiar. With never him. read a lot of yeah. Deadpool. No. Ironically, yeah. The yeah. comic I'm about to bring to the table here.
5: <laughs> yeah. Do you guys read Spider Man at all? Like, Amazing Spider Man and stuff.
1: Uh, d- did we read it or see it? What did you say? I'm sorry.
5: Like, you... uh, but... Sorry, are you like? Do you have you guys been reading like reading Spider Man?
1: Spider Man, I check in and out with over the uh, years. Like when I first yeah. started reading, Spider Man was in the '90s during the whole Clone uh, Saga. Oh, yeah. Which this, so many people yeah. put down, but I, I mean, I mean, maybe it's just because you know they always say you fall in love with your first. Yeah, if
3: that was your gateway <laughs> yeah. into. That it. was
1: my gateway in, and I ended up loving uh, that series for the most part. '90s comics were so much fun. I don't know what it, what the difference was. You got a lot more story though. And you do now. But um, I don't know. Spider-Man stories that have disappointed. How about the One More Day series? You remember that?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. what a kick in the balls that was. I was so salty about that that I uh, I quit reading Spider-Man for three or four years. That was after. a
5: that was a bad one. It was um, so bad. Yeah. The, the only reason I mention it, though, is because Joe Kelly wrote one of my favorite comics around that time um from like the that like brand new day series like he did i don't know if you guys ever read it when like the rhino was trying to go like legit and good and like settle down with this his wife did you guys read that one at all no um it was a two-issue series or a two-issue arc and it's, it's just one of the most heartbreaking stories and it made the rhino one of the coolest marvel villains um, so if you ever check it If you could find it Like that's definitely Joe Kelly's thing That's what um, Made me first notice him And made him like One of my favorite uh, Like superhero writers
1: So does it make The Rhino Into somewhat of a, Like a tragic story
5: Yeah I definitely Yeah There's definitely Tragedy involved
1: I've so. gotta read that That sounds yeah. awesome Cause I've always wanted There to be more depth To Rhino Other than just like it never really was, cool was Anything but a big yeah. guy Yeah Yeah,
5: yeah Totally This this would be the one to check out No, no No, no no. (laughs) You are mistaken
1: (laughs) Very good Alright, well, I just sat here and said I don't read Deadpool (laughs) Guess what I have to talk about today I've got a It's book. called
3: Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a very appropriate book to uh, bring to the table. And, Jack, I think maybe you actually have brought it to the table, like, when we first got it. Because we got this at the same time. We got this at the Cincinnati Comic Expo. Oh, okay. Two years ago, it was an uh, an exclusive there, I think. But Or not the comic, but this cover, maybe. Yeah. Deadpool versus Thanos. Appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this book explains what I was oblivious to you guys telling me within the past three or four episodes that Deadpool and Thanos both lust for death, yes. you know?
4: yeah.
1: And I guess I had known that and forgotten, because I had read this book, and that's kind of what it revolves around, mm-hmm. both of their infatuations with uh, Lady Death and... He keeps talking about how sexy sexy she looks, and she's just a skeleton. I mean, just a skeleton <laughs> in a robe.
2: Hey, you know, but still got the
1: curves. Takes all kinds. Beauty's in the eyes of the beholder, I yeah. suppose. But um, it pretty much starts with Deadpool looking for ways he can die, because Thanos has put <laughs> it's, a... It's a very different approach. <laughs> well, Thanos has put a curse on him that keeps him from dying, and therefore him being kept from dying keeps him away from her, Lady sense. Death the embodiment of death in the Marvel Universe and so it opens up with him crawling ashore of Dr. Doom's Island and uh, you see Doom you know in his in his suite there in a robe he's got his metal mask on but he's taking it easy he's been relaxing and here's a light knock on the door and he opens it and it's just Deadpool with a shotgun boom right in the chest and as he's sitting there, you know, laying there bleeding out, Deadpool's immediately calling up the Avengers. Hey, uh, you know, I, I just did in two minutes what you guys have been trying to do for years here. So uh, I think maybe now I could get on board. But uh, then he he says, okay, I got to go. You know, he, he puts the phone away and waits for Doom to do something back to him. Because he obviously knows that it's probably going to take yeah. him out, which he does. He, you know, makes some motion with his hand and he goes flying through the air. And well, I don't know where he lands, but. Though it doesn't kill him, it throws him in momentarily into this purgatory world, which it looks to me like he's just been flirting you know, with ways to get killed just to visit this sure. realm temporarily before he's pulled back so he can see her. And this time when he goes, she's being like she's on the other side of like a mirror and she's being pulled into the darkness. She's, and all she's saying is, help me, please help me, find okay. me. And he's like, oh, crap, what is this? And all he can think of is it's, it's Thanos. So he immediately sets out to find Thanos. And uh, what happens is when he catches up with Thanos, Thanos is like so sick of his shit, so sick of him. He goes, I know I put a curse on you that I can't kill you, but I'm going to beat the living hell out of you anyway. And he he beats him to like a mush on the ground. I remember that. And uh, in that moment, he visits that purgatory world again and sees death being... Uh, again, pulled away. Help me! Help me! Please help me! This isn't like he- the
4: the dead or the Bob Ross looking Deadpool with the big afro. Uh,
1: one of them was him like with a porn stash, kind of looking like John Holmes in a lounge. <laughs> I don't remember what the second. I no, forgot. the second one was just him like in like Arctic, ah. and sees her through the ice, and again drifting away. Well, it's in that moment. That Thanos, because he he had lifted the curse, he's like, I'm just going to kill this guy. But he realizes that Deadpool is able to communicate with her in some fashion that he isn't able to. So he puts the curse back, you know, to where he can't die. He goes, I realize I have to keep you alive because we've got to find her. In that moment, you realize it wasn't Thanos that's taken her and that he's oh, just God, as Christ. concerned. So the end is the two of them teaming the team up, up. That's to right. go find her. Awesome. It was a good book, and uh, it was, I think, uh, worth talking about um, during for you know both of
3: them being in the theater. This will be called Deadpool versus Thanos: the box office battle.
1: And it's funny because I flip to the middle and see the Amazing Spider-Man number one by Dan Slott, the book that got me off the Spider-Man the last time, the one where he went international and was driving the Spider Car in Hong Kong. I was like, all right, my ass is out. Let's pump the brakes. (laughs) All right, I think that's uh, all we have. Anything else, guys?
5: No, no, that's
1: it. No. Let's move on to uh, Sean and Aaron and talk about the part-time night. Thank you so much for being with us, guys.
5: Thank you for having us. Um, yeah. Sean, do you want to start? or? Yeah, sure. I'll, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, just tell us, first, tell us about the anthology a little bit, and then tell us about your guys' contribution to the anthology.
2: Yeah, so Toronto Comics is an anthology that started, I think, five years ago. Makes sense are on our fifth volume now uh by oh. andrew stevenson uh yeah it's been it's been a few uh, volumes there's been a good number of creators who have kind of you know jumped on board each year and we've had forwards written by some awesome amazing creators like jim sub and jeff lemire and oh, wow. uh, and others since is since this year. Dersky, yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, And yeah, books are usually somewhere between maybe uh, 14 and 18 stories long. Stories are between four and four and ten pages, Uh, and each one kind of takes place in or around the city in some way, shape, or form, but featuring all different genres of writing, so you'll get some fantasy, some sci-fi, some crime. Uh, They're generally all ages, I would say. Is that about right, Aaron?
5: Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they they try and not alienate uh, uh, younger readers. Even though some things might not be geared towards them, they will never be something that's like there's no rated X Toronto stories. As much as I try and push
2: for them, but yeah, yeah, maybe volume six, we'll see. Yeah, what we, can exactly. do. yeah, yeah.
1: Wow, uh, fourteen to eighteen entries—that's got to be a
2: big book. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's usually yeah, uh, I mean, a, a good size.
5: Yeah, the newest one seems to be about 200 pages, a little more than that, so yeah.
2: Wow,
3: worth your money, then. Yeah. Yeah. So Part-Time Night, what kind of brought you to this story? You know, I, I imagine you see some of these other entries, you gotta think to yourself, across all of these stories, almost everything has to be covered, so were you trying to kind of carve out a niche here, something that stands out, or was it just sort of independent your contribution no matter what else is on there
2: uh, so um, aaron aaron yeah he wrote this one so he kind of pitched it to me uh, where did you get the idea from this or like why'd you choose this
5: uh well i'd say that i'm a big uh, fantasy fan um should i should i say what the what the uh, story is about first or would you like me to oh sure yeah uh, yeah go yeah ahead. so basically part-time night night is spelt uh, k-n-i-g-h-t and it's a story that takes place at medieval times or a uh an analog for it since i don't know if we have the rights to medieval times but uh, (laughs) anyone who's on that one (laughs) yeah exactly uh anyone who's seen cable guy knows about uh probably what medieval times is we have one in toronto um and it's basically uh dinner in a show you come you eat old ye old medieval style food and you know you you don't even get forks you sort of eat out of trenchers and uh you watch a jousting show um and it's just good times had by all um and so i i'm i'm a big fantasy fan and sean and i bonded over our love of uh fantasy the fantasy genre so i thought it would be kind of funny to tell a story that takes place um at medieval times and um as in like people who work there and stuff, but getting embroiled in this sort of Game of Thrones, like vying for the role of the king. And I thought it would be um, just like a funny juxtaposition of having just employees there plotting to, you know, overthrow each other and poison each other and uh, what have you. So um, I think that um, I had, or both Sean and I have uh, contributed to at least um, two of the previous uh, books each. And so we, we had a good handle of sort of what stories have already been told and what haven't. Um, so I knew that when I pitched this, uh, it wasn't something that had been published by Toronto Comics yet. Um, so, and they seemed to really love the idea. Um, and then they, I think we were one of the only uh, two, like we the only pairs that came in as a pair. Um, usually they will, if they, they accept a script, they'll go to their stable of artists and find someone for it. But I specifically said, like, I, I want Sean on this. And uh, they uh, said, OK. And that's how we got to working on it.
1: I got to say, well, before I, I remembered my question from earlier. But before I go uh, <laughs> back to that question, I just wanted to say the comic is gorgeous. Is it yeah, watercolor? It really is.
2: Yeah, it's all painted in watercolor with some ink.
1: That is fantastic. That's something you don't see every day. You no. know, we see a lot of comics <laughs> yeah, come through right. this show, and that's uh, one thing I haven't seen. I it's mean, only every once in a
4: while, I think, that we'll come across one. Yeah, it looks, I it's mean, like it looks, a classic <clears throat> art medium, yeah. kind of brought into it.
1: it's. You know, not only the painting, but you also get that the texture of the the paper it's
2: yeah on brings something too. Yeah. it
1: I love that. It, it, it's so good. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, my voice is getting kind of raspy. What I was going to ask before, with the Toronto uh, Comics Anthology, do they carry any, like, over overlaying themes? Or are they just... Is it just that they're, like, uh, Canadian comic creators?
5: Um, I'd say... Uh, I mean, and Sean, you might have a, uh, something else to add, but I'd say that beyond the idea that every story has to feature Toronto, um, so you, you could say that the city is a the theme. Um, I see. I find that uh, maybe the, the mandate of the, of the book itself seems to they want a diversity of stories that sort of represents the the city itself so they don't just want uh any one genre or any one viewpoint they want to hear from a wide variety of contributors uh, just as uh, uh you know to, like focusing on culture specifically toronto's you know one of the most multicultural cities at least in canada um and so we want that or they uh the editors want to reflect that and they have Done that per- pretty much since I think the second volume, trying to seek out other voices and um, so that's something that they definitely uh gravitate towards
3: so I know the area we live in here in Ohio, Columbus has become kind of a kind of a hotbed of comic creators oh yeah for sure for whatever reason anybody who's trying to get their comic off the ground they seem to end up here in one way or another Mm, right so would you say toronto being kind of this melting pot of people pursuing the same thing is this a recent phenomenon or is this something that's been kind of under the surface for a long time but it's just recently exploded
5: uh sean do you have uh any thoughts on that because
2: yeah i I don't think it's a new thing at all uh not since i mean i haven't been making comics for too long but since i have been making comics it feels like the community has always just been like aaron said just a melting pot of all different you know backgrounds and and just tons of different kind of unique people giving their own spins and takes on on things so uh i don't know that it's it's I would say it's a new thing. What do you think, Aaron? So,
5: yeah, I, I I agree. The only thing I'd say is that maybe, and again, I, I can only speak to sort of my own experiences in the industry or in, uh, the community, um, that maybe what's been newer is a lot of mainstream comic creators are located in Toronto now. So it seems to be a hotbed there. You know, we mentioned, uh, you know, Jim Zub, uh, Ty Templeton, uh, Ryan North, Chip Zdarsky—they've all, you know, written forwards to our books, and they're all, you know, Marvel creators uh, who, you know, are living in Toronto. And they're definitely not the only ones. And I mean, Brian Lee O'Malley is maybe a, a big—you uh, know—he was the Scott Pilgrim guy, and that's a book that is very Toronto-centric. Like, big uh, scenes take place in major Toronto locations. So, I, I think what might be. Yeah, newer is, is is a lot of mainstream uh, talent being located in Toronto, but I could be wrong with that.
1: I, I kind of know what uh, you're talking about with the maybe new isn't the way to put it, like the new thing happening. I mean, the comic uh, creator, you know, realm for instance, here in Columbus has always been here. But I think what you're talking mm-hmm. about is like in the past three to four years, you know, we're not in that community, but we definitely observe it for sure.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: and. Um, yeah, I mean the explosion we've seen, not only in our at our cons, when we start doing this, artist alleys were just these little kind of pissant things you kind of avoided a lot of times. It was like right. going through uh, you know, a beggar's alley like please, sir, <laughs> please But now it's <laughs> just they're
3: thriving.
1: They're thriving. And it feels
3: like a recent thing.
1: It does. I mean, and there's it's something that's always been there, but now is just getting the attention. It seems yeah, like yeah, it deserves. Yeah,
3: it's, it's it's all kind of coming together. The people yeah. have been working at it for a long time, and only now are they getting a return on their investment. Exactly. Exactly. Mm.
5: So, do you guys do uh, any conventions at all? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'd say, Sean, you probably do more conventions than I do. It's a little harder to um, sell your stuff as a writer. You're really just selling your books, I find. Uh, but you know, artists have. i mean you can contradict yeah yeah, no no
2: that's that's about right (laughs) i I think we have a little easier time uh kind of getting our our work out there at conventions anyways uh so yeah i I tend to do the big ones here in in toronto like comic-con and fan expo Uh, and the last uh, weekend was actually tcaf which is i don't know if you guys have heard of tcaf at all it's a toronto comics arts festival no, it's, uh, it's one of the best comic festivals, I think, in North America, uh, purely if you're looking for comics, because they don't do cosplay there. There's no print walls. It's just people who make their books and sell them. So if you want comics, this is where you go uh, in, in the city. It's once a year kind of thing. Uh, but it's also, I think, one of my all-time favorite shows. But uh, sometimes I'll, I'll do the... Shows in the states as well, if, if the schedule allows it. But so we'll see the local stuff.
1: I'm excited to get back into going to cons. I think it's, been been a, little it's been we a while. we dipped time out. We got as well as really like... fucking sick of going to cons. But <laughs> whenever uh, Wizard World comes to Columbus, we get it's like Christmas in summer. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it burns you out quick. But I'll be damned if you don't start to miss it as soon as mm-hmm. you. Oh away. yeah,
1: come that Monday, I'll be like, fuck. Oh, oh.
4: <laughs> 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 Done till next year. Should have slept.
1: So where is the uh, best place for people to uh, check out the Toronto comics anthology and uh, part-time night?
5: Um, So I actually think that part-time night is uh, one of the uh, books or one of the stories that is like a free sample that they give out. So, um, but if you go to um, to comics.com and that's T O C O M I X.com, that's the uh, Toronto comics uh, website. And I think you can uh, order the book through that site. And right at the top, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, there are two free preview comics, and Part-Time Night is one of the two. So you can just click on that, and I think it takes you to an imager. Or no, it just takes you to the the full, I think, uh, nine-page story.
1: Yeah, we're actually looking at it right now. And again, uh, these watercolors are freaking gorgeous. I
5: just absolutely no, love it. I just love it. Yeah. It's always a, a good thing when your artist goes up to you and says, hey, like, I want to kind of take a little bit extra time to, like, paint it out all, uh, you know, traditionally with watercolors. Is that okay? And, you know, I, I have to be uh, like, yeah, uh, yeah that's, <laughs> yeah, fine. Go, that's go, fine. Go, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: you'd, su- you'd be surprised. I've I've gotten no sometimes on that where they specifically ask for the digital coloring, which is totally oh. fine. I, I, I have no problems with that. I just prefer to kind of i guess get my hands dirty with actual paints
4: (laughs) exactly
1: exactly and like yeah not to discredit any digital coloring at all i mean this this is uh i don't know there's something about seeing the the color bleed outside the box a little bit that i just absolutely adore i love that i don't know it 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 has that feeling that hands were in it you know right right yeah i guess it's yeah i'm sorry go ahead
2: no, I was just going to say because it's harder to see that, you know, more often. I think, like you said, you know, it's it's just not done as much, which you know, that's that is what it is. But sure. I'm always happy to work that way; it's more fun.
1: And boy, does it uh, does it show? It shows you're having fun, <laughs> <clears throat> guys. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I was able to find Sean's uh, Twitter handle at Sean Daly. Aaron, did you have one?
5: Yeah, it's uh, pretty straightforward. It's just at uh, I think just at Aaron Feldman. Okay. Uh, so A A R O N F E we, L D M A N. We
1: weren't sure because uh, when there, we were that, yeah. there were wanted a few. Yeah. There wanted to be absolutely them. sure. Yeah, we didn't want yeah. to just
5: assume. There no, was I got one... the, I got that premium t- uh, tag, so that's just my name. But oh, I post nice. I think I post about once a month, and it's just about like how good the waffle double down is at KFC or something. Like
1: that. <laughs> a tweet worth tweeting,
5: Indeed. right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, guys, once again, thanks so much for being with
4: us here today.
5: Yeah. Thank yeah thanks you. so much for having us. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
4: Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to canned dot or you can check out our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the hall of heroes, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, Click on the merch button and buy a towel. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Spoken with conviction.
4: If you have any comments or complaints, send us an email on our contacts page.
3: And don't forget, on Twitter we are at CannedAirPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you like what we do, head on down to Patreon, drop a five spot, join the Founders Club.
1: And buy a, a towel. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't sound certain (laughs) though. Should should I say clock? Clock log decal. Maybe maybe shirt. Sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, with enthusiasm like that, how can you say no, people? (laughs) Alright, well I think that's gonna do it for this week. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Collie. I'm
3: Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Aaron. I'm Sean.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone.
3: Oh, you get your I think they should have stopped writing that movie about halfway through. Like that was the big problem. Is they tried to do way too much.
1: Do you guys hear that?
0: What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes on press box access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access.